Sox. White Sox. Go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughter. Holy cow. You can put it on the board. Yes. It's a perfect game. Renato, grand slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter. It is at Ecknerwall23. That is Lawrence, spelled backwards, 2-3. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill. And thank you for making Locked On Sox your first listen during the day, every single day. Locked on Socks is free and available on all platforms, including Locked on Socks on YouTube. And if you go to at Locked on Socks on Twitter or Instagram, we're there, too. So thank you for that. 312-566-8727, 312-566-8727, or Locked on Socks at gmail.com. And if you're just joining us for the playoffs, welcome, firstly. My name is Herb Lawrence. I'm a producer at 670 The Score in Chicago. And that guy over there, Chris Tannehill, is also a producer at 670 The Score in Chicago. Chris, how's your day going? Oh, it's just fine. And we're brought to you today by our friends at Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our locked on rooms. It is episode tree 36 here today and this is one of the rare instances where we will record and then post on the same evening we're going to talk to our friends at locked on astros in a little bit and get a breakdown of everything they got going on against the white Sox opponent here in the alds and i'll just uh you know get straight out with it here her but let's get a little uh, pulse check a little nerve check how are we feeling here as the Sox, just hours from now, are slated to take the field in game one. Where are we at here? Are you, are you nervous, excited? What's going on in your world? I'm doing really fine. Like, I thought initially I would be nervous because I was like, okay, the Astros have dominated the White Sox this year, or the 5-2. to two. But then I think about this team being full, rested, whole for the most part. I feel like the White Sox have as good a chance to win in this whole American League. And that one team that the White Sox that I got scared of mostly are gone. The Yankees. Bye bye. Bye bye, Yankees. How about yourself? Yeah, the same. You know, I find myself in the odd position here. I, I do the full go show with Jason Goff on Spotify. And he was leaning on me yesterday to be his, you know, uh, calming force with the White Sox. He was going through some ALDS anxiety, and he was leaning on me to bring him back down to, to earth and talk him off the ledge. And I find myself in that position a lot recently where people are coming to me looking for stability because that's what I've provided over the past two seasons here, my, my logical uh, takes or lack thereof and, and my sound reasoning. And, yeah, I, like yourself, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I, th- this is a coin flip series to me. It could go either way. This will be the biggest test the White Sox will face, I believe, in in the postseason because, you know, you could say what you want about Tampa Bay, but I think the the Sox match up a little bit better than they do against the Astros. So I think, you know, this will be a big test for the White Sox. And I think if they win this series, look out. This team could go ahead and and win the World Series easily because of the boost they'll get. But let's not get too far ahead of ourselves here. But I'm just excited because I look at this White Sox team and and I'm going to try not to dwell – on the results of game one. I'm going to try not to dwell on the results of this series as a whole because I know 
that what they've built here is is sustainable. And I, I and I know that. And I also know that every chance you're in the postseason is sacred. So I know both of those things can be true. So I'm going to try to enjoy this series for what it's worth and enjoy the fact that even though nothing is guaranteed, but you just have to love the the stable ground the White Sox are built on right now, and they have some experience in their back pocket now, so it's a little bit different. So I expect them to to take the next step and perform at a higher level. And this team is better than they were last year going against Oakland, and they're going to have the added benefit of coming to the south side and in a blackout atmosphere and hopefully with an opportunity to put the series away. But let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. But I really like this team right now. And like you said, just the fact that they're rested, they're healthy relatively here. We'll get to that in a second about the health. But yeah, I just I feel really good about where they're at. And, you know, uh, just to just, you know, I'm excited to see the heights that this team uh, can achieve because this is the best time to be a, a Sox fan when your team is ascending before sometimes a World Series can jade your fandom and, and alter expectations, not always in a bad way. More often than not, it's a good way. But sometimes I, I felt after the 2005 season in 06 and 07, I didn't uh, stop and enjoy what was going on. You know, they, they put up 90 wins in 2006 and they missed the playoffs and didn't enjoy much of that ride after that because you, you get so caught up in that, that feeling, that taste in your mouth of winning a World Series. Anything else other than that is a, is a complete failure, and, and I understand that, but I think sometimes that does uh, change our perspective. I, for one, would welcome that problem at this point, but uh, I, this is a, a fun part of the fandom is, is being here at the very beginning uh, as your team looks to take the next step after they've they've taken their lumps in the postseason last year, and now they're going up against a formidable opponent, and they're going to get a chance to show out on the big stage with some of their big stars. And remember, this White Sox team is dramatically different than what we saw earlier on this season against the Astros, and we'll get to that in a second here. But Herb, well, now without a little drama today, I saw you had a big scoop with the White Sox lineup on Twitter. That was very funny. Uh, but people were speculating about Jose Abreu, who was sick over the weekend. You guys must not have been paying attention to the Sox last weekend. Jose Abreu had the flu, and he mm-hmm. did not fly with the team to Houston yesterday. But he, he is on his way now if he's not already there now. So he will be there, and by all things pointing to, Jose Abreu will be in the lineup despite not feeling 100%. There's no doubt in my mind he's going to be in that lineup, and he's going to be playing first base if I if I had to put any money on it. Uh, but that was quite a scare to see on social media today. It's never without drama, Herb. Yeah, there's only one way that Jose Abreu's not in that lineup is that he's in a hospital in Houston. That's it. Because he's going down there, and he'll be – in the area, in the hotel, and if he's feeling all right, even if he's on still some meds, he'll be in that lineup no matter what. You guys know the toughness of Jose Abreu and what he brings to the table, getting like line drives and headbutted by Hunter Dozier pretty much on a straight run down first base, wanted to play in that game. They sat him down, and then later on in that series, he comes and steals home to win a series, I think, on the Sunday to walk them off. The man's tough as nails. He's got hit by, what, 23 balls this year? You never see him go out. He's going to be in the lineup if he has anything to do with it. All these White Sox have gone on the IL for little knickknacks, and anybody who wanted to be on the IL, you should put Jose on there at the end of the year to get him 100%. He was like, nah. And they probably knew, let's not ask him, because he'll he'll fight us to the end. <laughs> he'll, he'll say no. So, yes, Jose Abreu, I feel... He'll be in the lineup 
if there's anything he can do to get in that lineup, he'll be there. Penciled in as the number three hitter. All right, absolutely. So tomorrow, Lance Lynn gets the call, and he takes the ball in game one, and he said he's known for about a week. So we speculated a, a lot over the past week about who's going to get that ball. Lance was told uh, very early on that he was going to be getting the ball in game one. How do we feel here? I, I know it doesn't ultimately doesn't matter game one or two, Lynn or Giolito, but how do we feel here about Lance Lynn getting the ball? I, I will say, you guys remember, Lance Lynn, his last time out, Against Houston, he was uh, not particularly good in this one. Uh, he took the loss that you go back to, it was, of course, June 19th, 2021 at Houston. Lance only goes four innings. He surrendered eight hits, gave up six runs. They were all earned, struck out six. And that really was at Lance Lynn's worst stretch of his season. I believe the Sox lost four or five straight decisions in which he took the ball uh, that, that stretch there. So this is not the same Lance Lynn. It's not the same Lance Lynn as the one that started the year, but this was kind of where we saw Lance sort of go on a slightly downward plane here for the 2021 season. But how do we feel about Lance Lynn taking the ball against the Astros? The, the record in his career, it's not a good one overall, but uh, you know, it, it's what we the situation we have here, and the way I see it, I think he's due to have a good outing. Yeah, and I think Lance Lynn is your best pitcher this year, so you got to give him the ball on game one. I feel the best with him on the bump. Like, I I don't care if this team hits him the most. And yes, Houston is a fastball hitting team where Lance Lynn throws majority fastballs. That it's not a good matchup. But I just I don't know. You, you know, you just have a feeling that somebody's gonna come through. That's what I feel right now with Lance Lynn. I feel like he's gonna shove tomorrow. He's gonna have a great game, especially in the afternoon. Houston, hopefully the the dome's open. They can have a nice uh, afternoon game in uh, fall weather. And in Houston, fall weather is like 90 degrees. Um, but he's going to have a great game tomorrow. I'm calling it right now. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling like he's just psyched up, ready for his opportunity to be the 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 ace of the White Sox. And then secondly, the guy who's setting him off for maximum success. I would like this more than the other way around with Giolito starting the first game and then Lance pitching the second game. Because as I was telling Kevin Goldstein of Fangrass today, you get this game, this first game, which I believe the White Sox will. You're playing with house money then. Then you have the demon, the psycho that showed up last year in Oakland in like Lucas Giolito for that game too. And then you go home with a 2-0 lead. Say if Lance just gives up the booty tomorrow, you still got that psycho in game two. I know that Lucas is going to give maximum effort in that game. So at worst, you come home at 1-1. That's, I don't know why I feel good. Like, there's no rhyme or reason. Houston hits fastballs well. They hit Lance Lynn in particular well. This year, they've done that too. But sometimes, you just have a feeling. You Sometimes, it doesn't, you know, uh, logic be damned. It's not, doesn't show up in the stats. I just have that feeling tomorrow. Yeah, yourself? again, yeah, This I, I totally agree. I think their best pathway, though, for a victory is is game two with Lucas Giolito out there. Uh, I think they're probably going to roll out Valdez. Uh, Framber Valdez is going to go for Houston. So, you know, the, the, the lefty there, and although like that lefty thing against the White Sox has proven to be a fallacy this season, it's not quite as dominant as they were in 2020. But I think that's your best, best pathway to steal one is in game two. But having said that, baseball is funny that way. They may come out and uh, come out guns 
comes blazing with TA, he may lead off the game with a homer, and we may be like, oh, I can't believe we we were, were stressing about this game one. It just, it's just the way baseball works. But, yeah, I feel good about this team in general right now. You, you consider everything about how the seasons went with the injuries and all that. They still were able to regroup, clinch, and get your guys rested and healthy and get them in a good headspace where they guys like Lance Lynn can plan to start in that game one. So everyone, they've been focusing on this for months now. This division has been a formality for most of the season, and now they have a chance to play uh, for what really counts here. So I'm looking forward to the, them uh, seizing the opportunity here. Meanwhile, on the other side, uh, Lance McCullers Jr. has been flat-out dominant against the White Sox in his career. Mm-hmm. He's 4-1. and one with a 2.17 earn run averaging, including two victories this year against the White Sox. And you go back and you look at these two lineups here uh, that uh, McCullers threw against the White Sox. Very, very different team here. Obviously, no Eloy, no Luis Robert, but uh, that, that first time down in Houston, Sox were really struggling to find their way in all aspects. They were playing some of their worst baseball of the season in that four-game sweep down there. And then, of course, uh, the second go around, uh, the Astros beat the Sox seven to one uh, on a Friday night, while uh, Dallas Keuchel was sporting the the South Side uniforms. Um, excuse me, no, that was actually Dylan Cease uh, was was pitching that night. So uh, the Sox they, they lost that night seven to one, but they did tag McCullers for one run early in the first inning. I think that's going to be key to this one. What about you uh, looking into Game One's matchup with McCullers? This is a tough customer out there, and uh, this is their number one. And you saw their former number one and Garrett Cole uh, get lit <laughs> during the, uh, the the play-in game. And Verlander's out, and Granky. We're going to ask the Lockdown Astros you guys. Said his, you said his name wrong. What's that? Verlander. Verlander. And we'll talk to the Lockdown Astros guys about Greinke and what their plan is for him. But this is their their ace right here. So uh, you know they're going to have to come out. And uh, they're gonna have to be fired up and have some good at bats, and you know they're gonna have to hit. They're gonna have to hit the ball out of the ballpark if they want a chance here against McCullers because he's a he's a tough customer out there. Yeah, and he did shove versus the White Sox both times he pitched versus them. Multiple things. He was going against Brian Goodwin. He was going against your man Jake Lamb. He was going against Andrew Vaughn, Jeremy Mercedes, and Danny Mendick. Those guys will not be in the lineup on Thursday. He'll be going against a more formidable opponent. Luis Robert is hitting the cover off the ball since he came back from the DL or the IL on August 9th. I think he has the highest batting average since out of any player. I think a 350 average since then. Also did not face you know, Eloy Jimenez, who, whatever, he isn't the guy that we expected as yet, but that guy can always show up. Yeah, that's the thing about this, right? All, everything I say, all the stats and all the everything that the, the track record, none of it matters because you look up the records, you look up the the batting average against, and these these probables, it's all at zero. It all starts over. So guys that mm-hmm. were hitting may not hit. Guys that uh, were were not hitting whatsoever may hit. Like Eloy is one of those guys. I think you know you, you turn the lights on, and it would not surprise me if Eloy uh, comes out of the box strong this postseason. Yeah, and like Rango was hitting cleanup in that first game in Houston. <laughs> Good player, not a cleanup guy ever really. But you know Lance McCullers, you had success from players who are not going to be in this lineup. Good luck with the White Sox lineup right now. As we always talk about, they have their top six. And when they have their top six, it's going to be a hard day for anybody, especially that second and third time around, to get some outs versus these guys. 
firstly, because they mash. Secondly, they get on base. They walk. They'll take their walks and produce for the next guy behind them. So, yeah, I see and tip the cap to Lance McCullers Jr. Good job for beating us twice. We have a different team. We got our own thing now this time. It's tough to beat a team three times in a season if you're a pitcher. I always say that. I always say that. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, it, it's really hard when you've seen a guy for a third time now to to have you know not have success in three of the, each each of those times out there. So uh, hopefully that's the case for the Sox. We're going to take a time out here and we're going to talk get get some Astros lowdown here with Eric Heisman and Brett Chancy of Locked On Astros, our friends here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll get an Astros preview with those guys next here on Locked On White Sox. Locked On White Sox is brought to you by our friends. At Green Room, Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Green Room is the perfect place to start conversations around the league. You'll find fans just like yourself in Green Room, watch parties, debates, and post-game breakdowns, and of course, they'll be reacting to the big news or rumors of the day. You can even find locked-on hosts across NBA, MLB, and NHL. Stay tuned for the Locked On White Sox show and find out when we'll be in the Green Room app ourselves. Go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. I can't wait for you guys to join the app. We'll be sure to let you guys know once the Locked On White Sox team room is live. Download Green Room app today. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right. Uh, Chris and Herb, I don't normally do this, but I'm going to go ahead and turn the show over to y'all to ask us some questions. So uh, y'all have some questions about the Astros before we talk about the series as a whole. And I would like to say to our fans, thank you for making Locked On Socks your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On Socks is free and available on all platforms, including this one right here on YouTube at Locked On Socks. Chris, you got any questions for the guys? Yeah, what was your favorite moment of Roger Clemens' game one start against the White Sox in 2005's World <laughs> Series? Wow. <laughs> oh, I'm just Ooh, kidding. Oh, oh. God. Uh, yeah. And Chris disappears from the screen. <laughs> uh, I got to put my kid to bed anyway. Uh, here, here. Holy shnikes. That, <laughs> that was rough. He's I, gone, folks. Can I be the ghost? He got canceled. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Dude. No, but. You had to go there. Wow, that was that was that that was kind of impressive. Well, um, yeah, we don't have a, a recent <laughs> World Series like you guys do, so we have to rely on 2005. Hopefully, that'll change soon. But I do want to ask you guys. You know, we were previewing this matchup, Lynn versus McCullers. I know a lot of your listeners are are, are questioning the Lance Lynn decision for the Sox, but he's had this this game circled on his calendar for quite some time. He knew about a week ago that he was going to get the ball. I got to ask you about Lance McCullers Jr. He's been a model of consistency during his career. He's had an ERA in the low threes in five of his of his six seasons. What's been the key to his success? He's been dominant against the White Sox in his career. Granted, uh, this season he's 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 two and zero, but it's different Sox team this go around in the postseason. But uh, and he's played some bad Sox teams in his career. But overall, he's been just really a really good major leaguer. What's in his, uh, been his big key to success as an Astro? I think I think Lance McCullers is a he's a big game pitcher. Um, B, he solidified his place in Houston Astros history with the contract he signed. And even he said it today in the uh, press conference, 
the ALDS, that, that it just something about Houston that he, he feels at home. He's ingrained in the city. He, he is a part of not just the Astros, but a part of the community. And so this guy, unlike anybody else on this team, goes out and puts the weight of the city on his shoulders. And it doesn't seem to affect him in a negative way. He comes through in big moments. We talk about, we call him the ice man. He has ice in his veins and he's not intimidated by any opponent. And I promise you, he will come prepared. And he does know, and the Astros do know that the White Sox may not have been at full strength when they faced them and they swept them at Minute Maid Park. But that's where I think Lance McCullers comes in and brings big game experience, big game experience success, and a will and a drive to defeat the opponent, If even if he has to use 24 curveballs in a row to do it. Yeah, so uh, this year he led the AL in opponents batting average and OPS against. One thing he did struggle with this year is a little bit with command, and that's something that he wants to improve upon. Uh, that's something that... I think he put a lot of weight on himself, but I think he was trying to pitch up to his contract and he was trying to uh, just be too perfect. But he is definitely uh, he came on the show earlier this year and he came in and uh, we asked him, who do you uh, in the playoffs? Who would you start game one? And uh, because we had Grinky at the time and Grinky was uh, having great uh, season and he was well, I think that was preseason. But uh, yeah. yeah, so he he said, look. I think I'm just not to be honest, but I think I should get the ball game one just because I have the drive and I think I'm the best pitcher there. And so he said that uh, it's a privilege to be able to play October uh, baseball. He said his father played uh, many years in the game, uh, seven, eight years. And I know the guys uh, would get go their whole careers and never get a postseason in general. In fact, Kendall Graveman, he's, this is his first postseason. I didn't even know that, but this is a guy who's um, – who thrives, like Brett said, and he's a guy who's not afraid to go out there. Uh, unlike a Yankees pitcher, he's afraid. He's not afraid to go out there and just pitch his uh, pitch his best game. Yeah, I'll I'll take an eighty-five million dollar ace over a three hundred twenty-four million dollar ace any day of the week. Garrett Cole, zero and two. I saw you you tweet about that. Is there animosity there that he didn't stick around in Houston because because he took his career to a next to the next level with you guys, and then he bounces for the big time deal? We did a little bit of happiness yeah. last night. You know, I don't necessarily think it's pointed at Garrett Cole per se. It's pointed at the Eric Hubs of the world and the Yankees fans who told us that they were going to win the next 10 World Series because of Garrett Cole. And, you know, Aaron Boone said, the league finally closed the gap on us. No, the Red Sox closed the gap on you. They're 9-1 and one against you in the playoffs. There's never been a gap because they've never beat us in the playoffs. So the Yankees are living in 2009, and that's their problem. Garrett Cole's a great pitcher. He's been struggling the last month. But I don't know if there's necessarily animosity towards him or the team that he's on because i love watching the yankees lose <laughs> here, the here. one th yeah i mean while i i'm not an astros fan there's one guy on the team firstly i'm scared of and then secondly i respect no it's not el tuve or correa or tucker Alvarez. it's the best hitter it's the best hitter on your team it's michael brantley okay now how why why did he come back? Why didn't he be a White Sox? I am just so pissed that Michael Brantley, every time he comes up, left center field double, home run, left center field double. Is there a chance that Michael Brantley can miss this whole series, please? 
Uh, unfortunately, no. he he appears to be healthy. Yeah. I mean, there were some question marks because he he missed some time with a, a little knee issue. This is something that he's kind of struggled with. Uh, I think he played at, uh, was it uh, Arlington Field or whatever they're calling, Globe Life? Field we call whatever. it we call it Tough Shed Stadium. Yeah, whatever like the new barbecue. stadium is up there. So, <laughs> but uh, he played there and he's had some knee issues this year. But uh, he he's back and he's healthy and I think he's gonna be in the lineup every day. So yes, he will be there. He is not the home run threat he used to be, but he's still he. I think he finished second or third in the batting and um, batting average uh, behind Yuli Gurriel, and yes. I think he tied with uh, Vladimir uh, Guerrero. So. This is a guy who can still get the hits. Is he going to hit him out of ballpark? No, but he does find a way in big games to get the big hit. So you might have to watch out for him. So I know yeah. you have to look Alvarez and uh, the Creas and the uh, the Altuves, but uh, Brantley, you can't sleep on him. So this is – Sorry, go ahead. So this is what he said today to Mark Berman um, of Fox 26. He said, I like our chances. This is a veteran group that's been there, done that. They're experienced. They know exactly what we need to do to go out and handle business. I think that's special. I think this is a weapon. I wouldn't be on any other team. I love these guys. Michael Brantley has bought into the atmosphere and the culture in Houston. And even when 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 Springer left and when the rumors were that Brantley was leaving too, like the sky was falling in Houston, when Brantley decided to stay, I think he knew what he was leaving versus what he was going to. And that value of his veteran leadership and his calm demeanor, he's never panicked. He's never worried. Even if he goes 0 for 3 in a game or 0 for 4, he comes back the next game and 3 for 4, you know, like you said. Um one of the dumbest things that Cleveland could have done is let him walk out of Cleveland. Why you don't keep this guy until he's 48 years old, I don't know. I mean, I want Brantley to be here. I want him to be like Julio Franco. I want him to play until he's 50. You know, let's do this. And I think it's, I mean, a, it's a different world. I see him. He hits kits. Go ahead. It, no, it's a different World Series, I think, in 2016 against the Cubs if he's healthy. You know, and, and the Sox have seen him in the Central tear them up for years. So I, we, Herb and I both, you know, he signed quickly in January, and we both yes. wondered, like, man, yeah, we were we were pissed because that was one of our top guys on on Rick Hahn's radar. If we were if we had his checkbook, that's a that's a gamer. Well, we got Adam Eaton. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hooray! Uh, so a left hand. Adam Eaton, a poor man's Michael Brantley, a homeless man's <laughs> Michael Brantley, um, a dead man's Michael Brantley. <laughs> so let, let's real quick. I know you know. We let's get to another. guy guy who he kind of had his swan song in the last homestand Carlos Correa what happened there what went what went sideways here with this relationship with Carlos Correa and why isn't he a guy that's going to be an astro for life maybe he may be but it certainly didn't seem that way after that last homestand well it's same thing with that happened to George Springer uh, they offered George Springer a contract and it wasn't even in the ballpark of what uh, Springer wanted so Springer was um from what I've heard, he was insulted and basically didn't even sit down and uh, want to talk about it anymore. So they there was no conversation. And so with Carlos Correa, I think Carlos Correa is interested in staying in Houston, but he literally, uh, the contract, uh, what was it, f five years? It was uh, six years, 120 is what they gave Xander Bogarts. Yeah. So basically that what that's what the Astros offered and he said that's not even close. I want to get close to Francisco Lindor money. And so he said, "Look, 
The season's about to start. I don't want to stress over it this season. I want to have my best season where he finished with the top war among position players. So he did what he needed to do this year to earn his money, but he did not want to stress about it. So he told the Astros, look, I don't want to have any type of negotiations this year. So I want to wait till after the season uh, to do any negotiations. So he said the right things this year. I want to stay with the Astros. I want to do what it takes. Uh, to be here, but the Astros have to meet somewhere in the middle to pay him the money. And I don't know if the Astros have not done that. The The biggest money they've given is to Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman and now to uh, Lance McCullers, but they don't do these long-term deals, especially under Jim Crane. They don't do it. They they don't believe in doing this. So if they're going to do this, they're going to set a precedence that they're, they're going to have to follow for Jordan Alvarez, uh, maybe Kyle Tucker. Even- Cal Tucker, uh, Jose Altuve, once he's up for renewal. So the Astros are having to thread some some um, walk on some uh, thin ice here because, yes, Carlos Correa should stay in Houston. We saw last year when everybody was talking about the – I don't, you know, the the little scandal that the Astros had. Um, mm-hmm. Carlos Correa was the one that was talking um, back to everybody, saying, "Well, yeah, yeah, we we did this, but Jose Altuve did not." And so he was the one kind of standing up for the team. And so Carlos Correa has become the fr- the face of the franchise. He yes. showed this year that he can stay healthy, he can be productive. He's not going to be that forty home run year guy but he can still be the great defensive guy and so uh the astros need to do what they need to do but they're probably gonna have to wait till after the postseason oh. to uh, do that yeah it's it's gonna be afterwards carlos correa did himself favors all year long with his defense i mean and you look at his postseason 17 home runs and 56 at bats that's almost unmatched almost as clutch as who we called Mr. October and George Springer, who's no longer here. But if you go to the Astros organization history, White Sox fans, and you go all the way back to Nolan Ryan, when the Astros were not even willing to give Nolan Ryan, I believe it was like $3 million, and he walked and went to the Rangers. And I, every time I see Nolan Ryan in a Rangers uniform on a Hall of Fame plaque, it bugs me because he should have a Houston star in an H on his hat. He should have gone in as an Astro. And he would have accomplished all those things he accomplished in Arlington had he stayed in Houston. With that being said, I think that's the biggest swing and miss in franchise history. I think Carlos Correa could match that, not only because he's younger, but because of the effect he has on this team, like Eric mentioned. He is the apex predator. He does put the team on his back. And he has become the leader. You know, in his, and I mentioned this last night, in his first playoff game, he was interviewed and asked in Yankee Stadium, are you nervous about playing your first playoff game in Yankee Stadium? He said, why would I be nervous? I've been preparing for this since I was five. That's the guy you want on your team. The only other teams I can see him going to, the Rangers, the, the, uh, the Yankees, or the Tigers, and I would hate to see him in any of those uniforms because this is an organization, I'm telling you guys, mark my words, bookmark this, the Astros will be top four in the AL for the next four to five seasons, period. I know you said you hate uh, seeing Nolan Ryan in a Rangers uniform, but us White Sox also hate that because of uh, <laughs> Robin Ventura. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, you know, he's the only guy to get five hits off of Nolan Ryan in one game. There he is. There's uh, a guy here rocking Robin. Right here. I mean, you uh, talk about low blows. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> it hurts our heart. Um, 
we're talking earlier about you're going to have Frambert Reyes going to pitch game two. Valdez. I, Valdez. Sorry. I don't know why I, I want to put him Reyes as like uh, the Franimal. Sorry. Valdez. <laughs> yeah. Frambert Valdez uh, pitching game two. I'm looking at the lineup. Are you guys going to do crisscross applesauce for game three? Are we going with Zach Grinky? No, uh, Grinky's going to be in the bullpen. So uh, they're Ooh, not going to do a, a opener. So, uh, yeah, um, Grinky, uh, the reason why Grinky's going to bullpen is he has struggled against right handers this year. So uh, y'all have a very right handed heavy lineup. So I think that we'll see him in a the bullpen for like maybe a two inning stint uh, here and there. But uh, Grinky, he struggled with some health at the end, and he just his velocity was a little bit off, and he just wasn't the same Zach Grinky he was to start the year. So I think the Astros and Grinky himself decided that look, I would help the team a little bit more in the bullpen, and this is something that we nobody thought that Dusty Baker would a move that he would make because he's a veteran type of guy and it, it's not something that you would bet on and it's just a weird situation that uh, you i don't think even betonline.ag would even make a move on locked on white Sox is brought to you by our friends at bet online they're back and better than ever with all eyes on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season and as always bet online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season Taking a look at some of the lines here for this Sunday across the gridiron. And, of course, Chicago here making the choice to have Justin Fields be the guy going forward. An early look at the line here. Bears on the road in Las Vegas. They're currently getting five and a half with an over-under of 44. Maybe you're not into football. Well, they've got baseball, too. Talking about tomorrow's big game, White Sox, Astros. Right now, the over is set at Eight. The Astros are running a half favorites here in this one. Head over to Bet Online and make a play for yourself. You'll see the site is brand new, updated with the new interface, even more odds, props, and contests. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget our promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. Don't you love freedom of choice? That's what we love about this country, right? Well, it's no different at BuiltBar.com. They have so many different delicious flavors for you to try. There's something for everyone. Every Built Bar fan that I know, they've got their different favorite flavors. I have mine. Herb has his. Mine, of course, German chocolate. Thankfully, I still have a surplus here from the last time I ordered them. I'm down about 25 pounds now. Thanks to our friends at Built Bar. I've been replacing a lot of those bad sugary snacks with Built Bars, and it's made all the difference. There's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut, Cherry Barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies and Cream, and of course, German Chocolate. So if you haven't tried all these great flavors, great way to get introduced to something new is mix it in. Get a mixed box of Built Bars. That way you can try something new along with the flavors that you already love. So when you get the mixed box, you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. And best of all, they're not only delicious, they're also healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein in each bar calories ranging from 130 to 180 only four to five grams of sugar and just four to five grams of net carbs per built bar all delicious all good for you order today 
Built Bar, the official protein bar of U.S. track and field. Go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code LOCK15, and that's going to get you 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Thank you to Eric Heisman and Brett Chancey of Locked on Astros. And now, Herb, it's time. It's nut-cutting time here. Let's get to our predictions here real quick on our way out. How do you think this series is going to shake out? All right. Game by game, I believe that Lance is going to shove on Thursday. He's going to win that game. The White Sox are going to lose on Friday, not because Lucas doesn't do his thing, just because it's a home game for the Astros. They're going to find a way to win that game. And then come home, the White Sox are going to come home and dominate in game three. Dylan Cease is going to show them who's boss. And then surprise, surprise, Carlos Rodon is going to end the season for the Houston Astros. Monday, the White Sox win the series 3-1. to one. How about you? Yeah, I've got the Sox in four also, and I, I, that's why I said to Sully on the Lockdown MLB. I, please, I, please call him Sully because you, you should see what happens when you don't call him Sully. I was calling him Paul Francis Sully. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. If you didn't call him Sully, I, I can't believe you're still breathing. Um, <laughs> but I told him, I was like, look, I predicted the Sox to win the World Series at the beginning of this thing, so I can't waver now. I predicted the Sox in four. I, I think they, uh, they will lose game one. They'll take game two behind a strong start from Giolito, and it's really all you need because then they come back and close it out. You know, I have Dylan Cease also shoving because he's been pitching lights out lately, and just the, I don't think the Astros are going to be ready for the the, the type of, of pure hatred that they're going to face uh, when they come to the South Side in a blackout atmosphere. It's supposed to be like seventy five degrees. Uh, I, I, on, on Sunday night, the place is going to be rocking Sunday night, man, with the blackout. And I think the Astros won't be ready for that. They're a different team on the road when they're in a hostile atmosphere, I think. Sometimes they will rise to that occasion, but I think they, they turtled up a bit when the, the Sox played them later on after they, they swept the Sox. But uh, Monday, I think Rodon starts. I think he only goes one inning, and I think they bullpen it behind a lot of Kopech. I think they go multiple innings of Liam Hendricks. I think you see my guy in there. Tempura. I think he's in there for a little bit, so I think they, they bullpen in their way. Uh, to to a victory and close out the series that way. So I know it's you know it's very specific, but I have the Sox in four, and that, that's the way I see it. So uh, that's all I got today, Herb, and uh, we'll be back. We got our, our breakdown following Game One. We'll post that tomorrow night. It's, you know, hopefully around nine o'clock ish, we'll we'll get that recap out to you guys. It's not ideal with the afternoon game start time, so we apologize for that. But it is what it is, and then we'll have another recap on Friday night as well. And don't forget, you can catch us on six seventy the score. After game three, so the score carries Westwood One's coverage of football, so it's Kansas City and Buffalo. So we will come on either right after the Sox game or right after the coverage of Kansas City-Buffalo is complete, right after that game ends. We'll be on 6-7 the score doing a live post-game show for the White Sox, and uh, that's pretty cool. So catch us Sunday night on 6-7 the score, and then we'll basically run that show on this feed so you guys won't miss it. It'll be a little bit longer, so sorry, uh, everyone, but uh, it'll be a longer show uh, on Monday morning. But hopefully it'll be a nice long one talking about a series clincher. So that's all I got today, Herb. That is Chris Tannehill, at Chris Tannehill on Twitter. Me, Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23, and the show is at Locked on Socks. And thank you for making us your first listener during every day. Locked on Socks is free and available on all platforms, including Locked on Socks on Twitter, Instagram, and go to YouTube and subscribe. You can see our pretty faces there. So for Chris, my name is Herb. Thank you for joining us, and let's go White Socks.